Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. Today is Wednesday, 7-17. I always like to they kind of go together, but 2019, right? But it's 7-17. It is Relationship Wednesday. We are past the middle of the month. On Thursday, um, the crew is coming back, and the shows that we uh, – shows, everything's a radio show in my brain – the classes that we take, the self-love, the parenting class are like 10 weeks in duration, or not 10, I think eight weeks in duration past the master class. And I'm going to get to see them for the first time. So I really can't wait. I, I think it, it'll be Friday because they're all coming in on Thursday, but it'll be really interesting to see how everything came out. It's it's going to be exciting. They put so much work into it, and it's a bigger crew coming back. Last time there were two, someone filming, someone kind of producing the whole thing. And this time I think we're going to have three coming back and three working and editing back where they were. So it's it's a big, big deal, way bigger than I thought it was going to be. So it's really cool. So today's show. What are functional systems and how do they keep relationships together? Anytime you're in a relationship, forget a a two-person relationship for a minute. Let's just say you're with your parents. This is before you leave home, before you've taken on a relationship and you have maybe you're either an only child or a brother or a sister with you or you have a bigger family. The family always knows what's going on in the way that they know what's going on because they have a system and it works. If the communication is that the parents talk to you, if there's a lot of kids, the parents might tell one of the kids, the other kid tells all the other kids. Um, It's just everyone kind of knows what's going on just by the way the house feels. They know what's going on by the way they feel, just by when they wake up seeing what's done and what isn't done yet. Um, When something's unusual, like one of you might wake up late and you'd be like, hey, what's wrong? And, And just real simple, simple, basic. But that gives you security. That basic builds you trust. And it is a foundation for what you will be like and search for, at least in the first relationship of your life, before you kind of know how you want to tailor yourself in life, because that's all you've got. That's all you know. So it's really interesting, if you just think of it back then, how you were when you first got out and you had your first independence. And you built that system within yourself as well. I get up, I go to work, I do this, I come back. You know what to expect. That gives you security that you 
can make it on your own. You can do it. You built a system, how you shop, how you come home, what you do when you come home, when, at what point do you sit down? And you just start working it to your advantage without even giving it a second thought. You say, hey, you know what? Wow, tomorrow I won't be able to do my normal, my working system. I won't be able to do it because I have this. Now that because what you have becomes special because it's breaking up your system that gives you stability. So now you have a relationship. You're in a relationship. You met somebody. You want to go out with them. You want to meet them. How you met, what you did, how you were patient, listening, all begins. If that relationship continues, those stories of how you met will be Come part of your functional system in your relationship. So that's how it all just builds its foam. That's the one thing that becomes different in all of your relationships is how you actually met the person. Because who you are isn't going to be that different. It's how you met that's different. That's your story, how you guys began. So what are the bones of these functional systems that keep your relationships just keeping it together? And there's, there's seven of them, but it's really interesting how communication is the first one. Every single thing in here doesn't go back you talking about you loving the person because we're going to take the assumption that you do love the person because you're there. Even if you're frustrated, even if you feel like, oh my gosh, what am I doing here? You're there. So let's say at least if you're not in love, you do love the person. But the most important thing is communication. Because if you don't communicate, You guys got nothing. People break up because they can't communicate. It is frustrating and it just drops everything else to the floor. Nothing else can work if you're not communicating. And the reason it doesn't is because if if you're not communicating, you're not listening, you're not responding, you're not, you know, having an opportunity to not interrupt somebody. You don't have the opportunity to pay attention to each other, and you don't have the opportunity to be patient. All that goes away because communication is about listening, responding, not interrupting, paying attention to the person, repeating what they said back to them so they know they heard you, you know you heard what you heard, and then being patient. You don't have to have every answer today. Not pressuring your partner to make a decision because something's going to end, like a sale or a 
a job offer or whatever, you you know what you don't want to do. If you can't make a decision in a crunch time, then it probably isn't a decision for you to make, like real decisions. Like should we move into that house? (laughs) Should we live in that area? Should we buy that car? Should we have a child? Excuse me. Those are things you both need to be in agreement on. I'm sorry. I just got something in my throat and it wants to make me cough. So one second. (coughs) That's just so weird. But having that first system work, when communication works, when you have the opportunity to hear each other, listen to each other, respond to what you hear, learn not to interrupt and have that be part of your system. All of that means that you know you belong there. You see yourself as a partner. When people don't communicate, and they can't see themselves as, hey, I don't even know what she did today. Wait, I'm too far away to know. Wait, when did you do that? Oh, two days ago. Well, I told you. Oh, I, I, I must have forgotten. And if that happens all the time, the one person who's always telling stops telling the person who keeps forgetting. Because now that person feels like they're wasting their time. They never do it because they're mad or they don't like the person. But we are, at the end of the day, very efficient thinkers. If we want to be mean, if we want to be upset, we're really good at it. If we want to be happy, we really try. And we find it. We get what we look for. So if communication is number one, What could number two be? Well, because of communication, it's emotional intimacy. It's actually intimacy, but emotional and then physical. A lot of men, and I work with a lot of men, and boy, I, oh, I had one last night for a while. And he always talks about physical intimacy. It's number one on his list, but it's the least fulfilled. And I said, hmm, why do you think that is? The focus is really high and nothing's happening. And you feel like your life is running out while you're waiting. And he said, well, it's not really the physical. It's not doing it. And I go, okay, I get what doing it is. You know, like how we're kids, you know, doing it. He said, but it feels good just to be touched. Just someone to hug. Just someone to hold hands with. 
said, even somebody just coming up to me and touching my back while they are talking. Or if we meet someone out in the street and they get close and they put their hand on me somewhere. That makes me feel good. I feel really special when I'm gently touched in that way. And I was like, have have you ever told your partner that? Well, no. I felt kind of silly. I said, wow, that's an easy one. You know how easy that is for someone to want to do that? And sometimes they just don't think about it. But if you let them know that like that really just means that much to you. And so I realized that men and women, but mostly men, when it comes to things that are gentle and subtle like that, they feel silly asking for it. And it's not like you're asking for it. No, they could have thought of it themselves. The person just may not be that person, but they would love to become that person and realize that they like it too, and it grows both of you. So the emotional and the physical intimacy also go back to communication. Everything you do, if you have one functional system you had to choose in a relationship, it's communication. So I'm like, great telling me, but I'm not with you every day. But I know this key piece of information about you. And I really thought about where do we not feel safe enough to say those little tiny things that really could not only save our relationship in in ways of emotional intimacy, but it opens us up. Like, wow, this person loves me. They, They can just gently touch me for no reason at all. It never has to end in doing it all the time. And that shouldn't be the only time that there's any kind of like tactile stimulation, you know, where you, you your hand is on their leg or even when you're watching TV and you, you're close to each other. And maybe one of your heads is on the other one's shoulder or whatever it is, the sides of your body touching. All of that means a lot. That's saying, hey, I feel safe here. I feel great here. Enough to where this is not invading my space. It is part of my space. Why do you think we fall in love with life again when we have children? Because when you first have a child, what do you do? The child can't get up and walk. You carry that child everywhere. And because you carry them, you feel like they're, you're so close to them, like they're a part of you. You know who they are. You know their little twitches. You know what it all means. And that bond never goes away. The child could do the most crazy things. They're like, I knew them since they were born. 
I know that they do this. I know they couldn't mean that. I know them. Whatever it is I know about them, I know it because I felt it. They're growing. Let them grow. Give them a chance. They get a lot of leeway. And it does happen in relationships. That physical intimacy goes on all day long. It goes on and it enriches and it grows not only the person who is more affectionate, but the other person becomes so too. And it's something we learn because we're with someone new that we don't know from birth, that we've chosen, that we don't know every single thing about when we meet them. But we're learning and we're excited and we're curious. And we're driven by the hopes of love. So you have communication and that's broken into parts. And then you have intimacy and that's broken into two parts. What is the third most important functioning system in a relationship. It's that you argue. You need to have differing opinions. But instead of looking at it as the word argue, because I think the word argue itself has a negative tone to it. But think of argument as you having a place to not ever have to hide anything. That this is where, hey, you know what? We're great together. At times things may happen, but I still feel safe enough to say something. I'm learning as a human being to look at arguments as a safety net because I have to really care deeply about somebody to engage in an argument with them. Because think about it. If it's someone you don't care about, you're like, oh, it's all right, I don't agree. Bye-bye. I'm gone. Or somebody at work or somebody that you meet that you're not that close to, you can easily walk away. But when it's a partner and you feel safe enough to bring up something that you don't feel good about and it's going to happen because we're human. Unless, you know, you're hiding how you feel and you're kind of sweeping it under the rug and you're waiting to blow up one day. Arguments along the way build a trust and a transparency that you can't get any other way. When we are upset, and we are able to articulate that we're upset about this, not the whole relationship, but this particular instance, this does not serve us well, and I would use the word us, because it makes me feel like we don't care about each other when things like this happen. And I don't like feeling that way I don't like feeling far away from you. And I trust you so much that I came to you to tell you. Imagine if someone came to you with that. 
You wouldn't feel attacked. You would feel like, oh, wow, this person trusts me. They trust me enough to tell me stuff that's hard for me to hear. But they also trust me enough with that information. One thing we forget is that if we are with another human being in our lives, there is a reason for it. And the reason isn't just to have someone at our side. Because there's periods of time in life when we don't. But if you are actually with somebody, either you live with them, you're married to them, you're getting to know them, they are truly, ultimately, the highest form of teaching you will learn and the highest form of lessons you will learn because you're personally involved and engaged. So your attention is there for a reason. And if you could look at that person as someone you honor for being there and being personally engaged with you in that way, and that they are ultimately one of the closest to your heart teachers you will ever have, the respect that that gives the relationship turns an argument into I, I want to, I, just the word argument, but turns it into where you really get to know that person. That's where we leap. We, we go from, wow, I know all of this to, holy cow, now I know this too. And I trust this person with my most vulnerable feelings. Because when we are upset and we have a system we can walk into with that person, We have a way that we speak, a way that we solve, a way that we resolve. Like, okay, I know that now. I will not need to do that again. I don't need to do it again because something in me healed that made me do it because of how we approached it. And you won't need to come to me again. And if you do, know that I did not do that on purpose. And I will try yet again to not repeat that behavior. I was not even aware I did it. I don't like it when I hurt your feelings with my behavior. I've been doing that all my life. No one ever thought about it, but if it affects you, then it matters to me. That kind of language. Imagine if someone said that to you as a kid instead of you messed up again. I know you don't like doing that. I know you don't like it when we're upset with you. We don't like it when you feel upset. But what can we do together to be better individually and together? Now what do you have? You have confidence that you can survive in a relationship. And believe it or not, that means a lot to people. I know people who have been together 30, 40, 50, some 60 years. And that time for them is like a badge of honor because they know 
that they made it work. They know they had a hand in how it all came together. They know that they had to learn to communicate. They had to learn not to interrupt each other. They had to learn to listen. They understood affection. They understood the emotional intimacy just by saying what they think. They understood that if they had a difference of opinion, that they would survive in the relationship. And because of that, they got to be transparent. They didn't have to hide anything. That's a huge one in the downfall of relationships is when you don't feel safe enough to share all of you. So you hide the parts of you that you believe you'll be ridiculed for, made fun of, wouldn't be understood, or that would make you vulnerable. So you would keep it to yourself. And what that does is that creates a wedge in your relationship. And then over time, you the parts you hide become bigger than the parts you share. And then you want to leave so that you don't have to hide. But when every stone gets uncovered, the safety factor goes up higher and higher. And what you're willing to share opens up your world, your mind, your heart to yourself. And when you can do that to yourself and say, oh, wow, look, I'm not that bad. You know, she knows this about me and she knows that about me. She's still here. Wow, that's cool. I I never really felt that. This is like freedom. This feels like I did when I was a kid before anyone really told me that what I was doing was wrong. Wow, this is weird. I don't even know how to feel with somebody accepting all of me. But then you say, oh, this is what this feels like. And you start to learn to receive love, not just give it so that you can get it back, but you're not giving everything, and then you wonder why it's not coming back. But as the onion peels, What happens when you peel an onion? Why do we use that term? Because when you cut into an onion, it brings tears to your eyes. It makes you cry. I know because I cook enough with onions. But it doesn't stop me from cutting an onion and adding it to a meal because at the end of the day, the meal tastes better. Yet I had to cry. Every time I cut them and my kids are around me or somebody's around me and they say, oh, you're, yeah. And I said, you know, it feels good to cry. Even though I have no reason to cry, it feels good when tears come down. It's like almost like a rinsing of some kind. There's something very healing about the argument, the push, the pull, the tug. Because you're either going to feel safer there or you're going to realize you're not safe at all. 
And the first question you need to ask yourself is what am I holding back? And let's say you are in a relationship where you do want to communicate better. You go back to the first working system, communication. Because it's communication, intimacy, argument. Surviving the argument. Those are critical for every relationship. Because without those, there is no relationship. But the argument part, the argument part is the part to explore because that's where your biggest self-questions come into question. Your own individual working system come into question. And how do I blend that into my relationship? Because if you can do that, that's the cycle that you will always go through is communication, intimacies, and discussions, and arguments, and surviving them. Those working systems are all you need to know about yourself. And when you can communicate, you can dispute some of your decisions and survive yourself. You will be able to survive it with someone else. It all goes back to truth and to love and to purity of your soul in all of that. You guys, I can't believe the show's already out of time. I love this topic so much. I will see you tomorrow on Dream Theme Thursday. Have a great day. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.